With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live in the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part 26 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, this essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned. It has been misunderstood. It's been attacked, denied, and eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. So the $25,000 question of the day is why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we are committed to discipling people. The word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible, and the word disciple is mentioned over 269 times. What does that tell you? You need to be discipled, and that's what Contending for the Faith is all about. Every Saturday is to disciple you and to equip you, because if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. So we are thankful tonight that you have joined us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and lifted up in the Lord tonight. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles, your notes, your pens, and sit by a table because you're getting ready to enter into Bible school. And uh, we are serious about teaching the Word of God, and that's what we're all about. Every Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m., we are committed to teaching the Word and equipping you to do the work of Christ. Now, uh, we are getting close to finishing up this powerful series on the Trinity and Trinitarian texts. And I believe by next week, we will probably have this series finished and then start a new series uh, the following week after that. Now, tonight, I want to talk to you about the drawing power of God. And that drawing power uh, is so powerful because it carries with it this drawing power of God, like four M's. Uh, it is a mystery, the way the power works. It is mysterious, number two, how the power works. And it is miraculous how the power works. And it is manifested how the power works as well. So it is a powerful thing how God draws people to himself. And when you and I look back on how God drew us, I am in awe, and you should be in awe, and it should blow you away and me away too. And he didn't have to draw us, but he chose to draw us before the foundations of the world, and I am in awe, 
And you should be in awe because like the Apostle Paul said, I am of the least of the sinners. And in the midst of all of the evil and wicked and bad things we've all done before we got saved, and some of us still do bad things, uh, he continues to draw us despite who we are, what we are, and what we have done, and despite our sins and failures, and now he draws us when we come to true repentance now. You got to do that. You know, you, you, you got to be aware that repentance is important when you do sin against God because you'll put yourself out of fellowship and you need to stay in fellowship with the Lord. When we get uh, out of fellowship with God, either through the word, deed, and thought, uh, he still continues to draw us and humble us, and this puts me in awe and shows me in how much he loves me and how much he loves you. Just consistently drawing us morning, afternoon, uh, evening, and even in your sleep. Can you imagine that? He draws you even in your sleep. Now, the big trivia uh, test question is this. How does God draw us? That's a real important trivia question. How does God draw us? You ever thought about that? How does he draw us? If you were to ask this uh, question to most Christians, you would get different answers, but not the right answers when it comes to the persons in the Godhead. Most people will give the wrong answer. Well, let's see what the Bible says from a biblical perspective, how God draws us in to come to know Jesus Christ the right way, the right way. Now, this is a good uh, teaching for uh, Bible classes and Sunday school and conferences. You can use this type of teaching and asking the question, how does God draw us? And have the people to ponder on it. And you'll get so many different types of answers. Well, <clears throat> We're going to help you tonight to have the right answer. Now, uh, so from a biblical perspective, how does God draw us to come to Jesus Christ? Well, I want to talk to you uh, tonight, at uh, least talk to you uh, about at uh, least three ways that uh, God draws us to Jesus Christ. Three ways on how God draws us to come to know or come to Jesus Christ. Number one, God the Father draws us to come to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Number one, God the Father draws us to come to Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Well, in John chapter 6, John chapter 6 and verse 44. Let me say that again. John chapter 6 and verse 44. Jesus said, quote, no man can come to me except the Father. Notice he mentions the word Father, which has sent me draw. There's the word. There's your word. Watch this. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last or at the last day. So number one, we learn that God the Father draws us to come to Jesus Christ. Number two, also God the Son himself draws us to come to Jesus Christ. 
how do we find this to be true? And where is this? Where is the address for this? Well, in John chapter 12, verse 32. John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus said, and if I, if I, notice the personal pronoun, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will, watch this now, here's your word, draw all men unto me, close quote. So we learn secondly, also God the Son draws us to come to Jesus Christ. Number three, also God the Holy Spirit draws us to come to Jesus Christ. Question, how does the Holy Spirit do this? Now, that's an important question. How does the Holy Spirit do this? Well, I want to build on this from two perspectives on how the Holy Spirit draws us. Uh, number one, he draws us by the power. He draws us by the power and convicting us, as Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 8 through 11. John 15, verses 8 through 11. Jesus said, when the, when the comforter comes, he will convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, when the Holy Spirit does that, he's convicting us and drawing us through convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's the only way, my friend, you've come to know Jesus, is that he has revealed to you how wretched you are, that you are a sinner, lost, and that you need him to get saved. And he died a brutal death for brutal sinners. And if you don't accept him, you will lose your soul for all eternity because he paid the price. He went through the punishment so you wouldn't have to go through the punishment. Now, the second thing about the Holy Spirit, not only draws us by convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment through the power of the Holy Spirit, but secondly, he draws us by just a word saying, just the word S-A-Y, say. Now you say, what does that mean? Well, it, it means this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3, notice what it says here. Even though the word draw is not used, the word say, S-A-Y, is equivalent and synonymous with the word draw, because what the Apostle Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3, quote, and that no man can say, notice the word say, S-A-Y, can say that Jesus is Lord, curios, but by the Holy Spirit. In other words, you cannot say that Jesus is Lord or Savior Lord, Savior, unless the Holy Spirit convicts you and draw you to say it. That's the, the powerful thing about this. Now, let me say this in conclusion. Let me say this in conclusion or by summary. So all the three distinct persons of the Godhead are all involved with the drawing people to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. This is the Trinitarian power at work to us. Now, the Trinitarian power is at work, and they all work together as one 
in drawing us to come to know Jesus Christ. Why? Because all three distinct persons are the one God. Now, when they draw us, all three, when they draw us to come to know Jesus, then we got to do three things that starts with the letter R. Now, make note of this. Now, this thing, this is good for you to share with people when you're witnessing to them. You know, a lot of times when I'm teaching churches and uh, pastors and leaders about some principles they can use to lead someone to Christ, this is one of the greatest principles that you can use in sharing the gospel and leading someone to Christ is say, I want to share with you three R's and how to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. What are those three R's? Well, the first R is this. Make a note of it. You got to recognize that you are a sinner. Remember Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. There's no exemption, only except for Christ, only except for God. The second R, you got to repent of your sin. The Greek word for repent is montanoia. It's a military word, and it means an about face. And it means to turn from something to something. You turn from sin to Christ. The third R is this, receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. In other words, the word Lord means King. That you, this day, right now, forfeit living your life apart from Jesus as Lord and King and ruler of your life, and you start as a disciple, following him as not only your Savior, but as your Lord and your King. And First John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say this with me, Lord, I confess my sins, and I know that you are faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and to cleanse me through your blood from all unrighteousness because I've acknowledged and recognized that I'm a sinner. Number one, first R. Second R, I repent of my sin. Third R, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the drawing power of the God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And we just want to once again thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and we know that your, your effectual prayer of the righteous has been availing much for us for many, many years. And so we thank you so much for those continuous prayers. And we just want to encourage you, don't stop, keep praying. And also we want to thank those of you who have been so consistent and generous in your giving to this ministry. It is a listener-supported ministry. It costs us 
400 a week to remain on the air. And, and uh, we know it's because of God moving on people's hearts. And uh, so many have been so faithful and generous with their giving. And so we thank you so much. Um, we also want to encourage you to listen to our podcasts, um, especially if you've missed any of our series on the Trinity. You can go to kfax.com and check the, the banner at the top of the page. And under Contending for the Faith, you'll see a button for podcasts. And this is a really, really a good resource. Again, if you've missed any of the series or any of our broadcasts, you can go there and just there's a plethora of topics and information there uh, that you can take advantage of. Be sure to tell your friends and family about it and tell others to tune in on Saturday night, especially a pastor. This is great information. As Dr. Buckner mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, you're like back in seminary. This is Bible College 101 for many folks, especially if you have a desire to to be able to understand and execute apologetics. We always say you want to be an apologetic master, you know, <laughs> and be able to do and defend the faith and be able to speak the truth in love, always in love, always praying for those that you witness to. So we want to encourage you. And there's two ways that you can donate to this ministry. You can write a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier to simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, so Dr. Buckner, I know you had a very important event that took place this morning. You want to share a little bit with the listening audience? Uh, I want to give you some bragging rights for, for right now. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Yes, we, uh, my wife and I have been blessed uh, with a wonderful uh, son, uh, all our kids have been a blessing, and and our son Benjamin Buckner uh, graduated today from uh, Cal State Hayward. He's been a summa cum laude student, straight A student since he's been in College of Moran and uh, Sonoma State, and now Cal State Hayward. And he just got a master's today. We went to his graduation, a master's today in um, social work. And so we thank the Lord for him. And out of uh, 16 people that they interviewed, they chose our son at the top. So he's got a job as a sociologist at a school, uh, the top sociologist at a school. And uh, we are thanking the Lord for that. Uh, and he'll be starting in August uh, working. So and he's a faithful person that loves the Lord, faithful in the ministry, helping us out. Uh, as well as we have a lot of things going on. Uh, Gary just had a birthday and his anniversary coming up, uh, I believe on the 30th. And yeah. then uh, my uh, birthday is coming up June the 11th. And then also my wife and I will be celebrating on my birthday, June the 11th, 50 years of marriage. So 
we've been so blessed and uh, we got those praise reports uh, in the midst of uh, all of that. And we, uh, I had asked Gary earlier to pray for uh, a young lady that we knew. I led her to the Lord. I had no idea that she was going to overdose uh, on uh, fentanyl as well as meth. And she, we got a call the other day from a coroner uh, police officer saying that she overdosed and her name was Tina, uh, Tina. So uh, keep her family in prayer. Uh, that's just a reminder to all of us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And uh, we can be here one day and go the other. But uh, King Solomon said, uh, and I preached a series of messages on that, why should you die before your time? God has an appointed time for us, but you know what? You can hurry that time up by living in sin, my friend. And that's why it's important for you to repent. And if you do have an addiction, get help. Get help. I used to be a counselor dealing with people that had addictions, and I still help people out that have it. But you got that problem. You need to get help uh, because if you don't, uh, you know, you can end up dead like Tina. And she was only about 51, getting ready to have a birthday on uh, May the 28th, the same day as my son, Benjamin. My son, Benjamin, our son, Benjamin, will be turning 30 on May the 28th. So uh, so let's keep that family in prayer. But Gary, thank you so much for remembering that. I just want to throw, I wanted to throw in some extra uh, goodies. <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. Well, let's get to our caller. Sophia has been waiting patiently. Sophia, how you doing? Well, I'm very well. Thank you so much. God bless you both. That was a fabulous report and a fabulous opening. I will speak fast, not to be disrespectful, but it's a full deck tonight. Okay, so I'm going to switch around a little bit, if I may be so bold, and I am going to I- introduce Gary tonight. He introduces <laughs> you. I'm going to introduce Gary tonight. Now, the way of introduction, I was reading Galatians, thanks to Rick, about Hagar and Sarah, and then I go over to 513. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, Father. Serve one another in love. Then you go down to 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, this is a way of introduction of wonderful brother Gary, because I was asking last week for anyone who might not have listened. You know, so many people, like Flip Wilson in his comedy, used to say, oh, the devil made me do it. But no, it's not so simple. You can't just throw it all on the devil. And so I hand it over because I wait all week to hear Brother Gary's story. So I give him the platform tonight. Take it away, Brother Gary. Wow, that's, that's quite an introduction. Um, <laughs> thank you, Sophia. You know, um, I was raised Catholic, second grade through high school. And so um, I got saved in 1980. And right around that same time, um, came to know Dr. Buckner quite well. And he invited me to start attending Bible study at a uh, kind of a youth center that he used to run back in San Francisco years and years ago. So, you know, coming up Catholic, I understood who God is, you know, and I thank, I'm thankful for my Catholic upbringing. At least it informed me that, you know, that the, Jesus Christ is God, 
the uh-huh. second person of the Trinity, and uh-huh. we taught the Trinity, all that good stuff. But, you know, you, they never, ever talked about a personal relationship with God. So um, without getting into a lot of details, the Lord drew me, as we talked about <laughs> tonight, being drawn. And, and I was wonderfully saved. But at that point, I was still attending Catholic church. And I was still struggling with sin in my life, still struggling with, you know, and thinking, well, what's, what's wrong with me, you know, and what's going on here? And I thought I was saved. I thought all this stuff was going to be gone and behind me. And so I uh, went to Bible study with Dr. Buckner and, and expressed these things. And he took me to Romans 7, where Paul says, you know, that uh, this, this, the things I want to do, I do not do. The things I hate, I keep on doing. And he said that I see this war at work in my members, right? This old nature. And that's what a lot of us are struggling with. That old man is still in our life. And we have to continuously, you know, renew our minds daily in God's word, but understand that that is there till, you know, Jesus takes us home or he comes back. We still have to contend with the flesh, we still have to contend. We do have to deal with the devil, but most of the time it's it's not him that's making us do it. It's that old nature. And so uh, once Dr. Buckner explained that to me, it was like a, you know, a relief, you know, I thought I was, something was wrong, but no, this is something that as all believers, we still carry that old nature around with us. And from if we don't crucify the flesh daily, if we're not in God's word, if we don't have an intimate relationship with the Lord, this is really critical. I always talk, tell people all the time, I'm always going to try to push you into Jesus's arms because I know if you're spending time with God, he'll take care of the rest, right? You know, the most important thing you can do is spend time with the God of the universe. I always say, God, the God of the universe who spoke and everything leapt into existence wants to hang out with you. He created you for fellowship. He wants, he loves it when his children want to run in and, and jump up in his lap and just spend time with him. It's just a marvelous thing. And God wants that intimacy with all of his children. And when you do that, then you will find peace. When you spend time with the Lord, you're going to find joy. When you spend time with the Lord, you're going to find direction, wisdom, understanding, uh, strength, encouragement, victory, all of these things are there in God's presence. You know, Moses was on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights. Guess what? When he stepped off that mountain, he came back different, (laughs) right? They said, wait a minute, put a veil over your face. We can't look at you because you're glowing, right? And that's, he, he was reflecting the glory of God. The Shekinah was on him. And when we spend time with God in his presence, guess what? you begin to reflect the glory of God as well. People will look at you and they'll sense something's different. They'll look at Sophia, why aren't you so upset? How come everybody else is flipping out, but you're calm and you have peace? Well, Sophia spent time with the Lord. It's that simple. And so when we do that, we renew our minds, as Paul says, that we to renew our minds daily so that that old nature uh, is put in its place. It's crucified. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Amen. Amen. Does that uh, help you out, Sophia? Yes. Well, God bless you both. And to quote Dr. Buckner, Gary, um, you hit the home run. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, God bless you both. And uh, let's get to the other callers right away. 
Well, let me say this before you go. Uh, the answer to your, also to your question and your concern, when you quoted oh, uh, verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5, is uh -huh. that we have a choice between walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. And when you mentioned about Flip Wilson, and he said the devil made me do it, we try to always uh -huh. blame it on the devil. Well, that's uh -huh. a weak excuse because, uh, as Brother Gary said, and we've said this many times, we got three enemies. One is the devil that comes at us in the spiritual realm, the uh -huh. flesh that comes at us in the inner realm, and the world comes at us in the outer realm. So we have these three enemies, and yet the way we overcome them is to walk in the spirit. You know, the early church, say this, Brother Chico, the early church uh, didn't have the opportunity to go to any addictive program like, you know, AA, NA, right. mm -hmm. and on and on. They didn't have those things in that day. So what was the remedy? Uh, what was the answer for them overcoming any problems, any warfare, any addiction? They not only put on the armor of God, the full armor, but they walked in the spirit, as it says here in Galatians 5 and verse 16. If you walk in the spirit, I tell you, even people that are struggling with going to AA and NA, you start walking in the spirit and doing what God tells you to do, you'll have you'll be released from all that. You'll be delivered. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of add that along with what Brother Gary said. And uh, again, uh, Brother Gary, you did, in the name of Jesus, knock a home run. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sister Sophia. God bless you both. All right. Bless, bless you. you. All right. Let's go to Jermaine. So we have time here. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. It's good to hear you guys. Yes, good to hear your voice as well. We trust you're doing well in the family. Oh, I sure am. And, and uh, I wanted to give a special shout out to, to Brother Ben. You know, like uh, her brother Gary say something about a Jedi. He, he's now a Master Ben. So, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to be an apologetic master. <laughs> yeah, I know that he will appreciate that. He's with his. Uh, uh, graduates right now, they are having some good time together. And so, uh, but I'll be sure to pass that on to uh, what you shared. I know he'll be touched. He, he deeply appreciates you, Brother Jermaine, and like a big brother to him. So we appreciate that. Amen. Well, likewise. But on my question, um, I don't know if you're familiar, there's an apologist named Jeff Durbin, and I've seen him engage a lot of the cultists on the street a few times. He, he's done a good job, but the issue I had was he was at a recent conference, I guess, speaking out against uh, the whole woke movement in, in some of these churches. And he uh, everything was fine up until the point where he prefaced and prepared the audience. And he basically used profanity. Uh, he called, uh, you know, their whole movement, you know, some bull excrement. And <laughs> it means some, some bovine fecal matter? <laughs> but... Okay. <laughs> While the sentiment might be there, it's just I don't know if that word was a, was appropriate for what he was saying because it kind of detracted from the whole mess. Yeah, it kind of stopped you right there, huh? Saying they're not, and I was thinking it was inappropriate. I, I see what he was trying to say, but I, I felt like he could have put it another way. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that when some of these ministers get fired up and, you know, let something slip. But his, his he seemed to have prepared. So I just, you know, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on it. 
Well, you know, that's a good point uh, that you're raising. It's, it's always uh, a bad witness and a test, a bad testimony when uh, leaders from the pulpit uh, use profanity uh, to try to make a point. And, you know, it, it tells us in Romans chapter 12 uh, and uh, verse uh, 2 uh, to be transformed, you know, from this world. And when you're in the word, it's going to transform your heart and your mind and your thoughts and everything. Uh, and, and that's very important. Now, uh, what we should be living by uh, daily is Philippians chapter 4. And it talks about in verse 7, it says, and uh, it, it, it's, let me say verse uh, 8. Finally, brethren, what, whatsoever things are true, what sort of things are honest, what sort of things are just, what sort of things are pure. Now, being pure means having a pure mind and a pure heart and pure tongue. What sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So, Okay, Dr. Buckner, Dr. Buckner, we need to take a quick break. We're getting the high sign here. So hang on to that thought. Okay, Uh, sounds good. Yes, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry and all of you who have been so faithful in your giving. Uh, it costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and uh, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you so much for your support. We are caught up, and we have funds for next week. But we want to encourage you as the summer months roll in, you know, people go on vacation. We, we want to make sure that you don't go on vacation from praying and don't go on vacation from giving to contending for the faith. We need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, you can send a check or money order to contending for the faith, uh, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we're going to quickly get back to uh, Jermaine. Okay. Well, let, let me say this to uh, Brother Jermaine. Uh, so I was uh, quoting from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where the Apostle Paul uh, tells us to have uh, this mind of Christ, like in verse 7, uh, minds through Christ Jesus. And so when we are having the mind of Christ Jesus, he is our great role model. You never see Jesus... Um, using profanity amongst his uh, apostles and disciples. And it tells us uh, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Nor did you see the disciples using profanity uh, as they taught others, nor the apostles. And so 
uh, him uh, and people using profanity from the pulpit is nothing but of the enemy, Satan, and it's of the flesh. And the Bible says to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And then finishing up this verse eight, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, uh, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Cursing from the pulpit is a bad report. It is being impure, not pure. And, uh, and God has called upon us to live a sanctified life, to live a holy life, and to live a just life. And I would hate to live a life like that and have to stand before God one day, because when you do things like that, you're being a bad testimony and a bad witness. So that's what I want to say in a nutshell on that. Go to Cece then. Brother Cece, how you doing? How you, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Trying to hang in there. Well, good. Good to hear your voice. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? Uh, I want to yeah. ask you. Um, Let's make it quick up? because we're running out of time. We got a little bit of time, so let's be to the point. Hey, just uh, yes, um, the apocryphal book. I mean, what what is your takings on the Book of Maccabees? Well, uh, thank you for that uh, question. Uh, the Maccabees book is uh, based upon the, the uh, term Maccabees is used to describe the Jewish army uh, taken from the Hebrew word hammer and uh, involved the Maccabean family. Now, uh, but what happened was uh, people started uh, using the uh, books based upon the life of the Maccabeans, like for instance, there are four books in which passed under the name uh, Maccabeans. You have uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, and the first of these is only one of four, which can be regarded as uh, somewhat a reliable historical source. And that's second and uh, uh, first, second and third Maccabeans. So, uh, the, but what I want to say in a nutshell about it, is that it's non-canonical or we call it apocryphal or pseudepigraphal material, which means that it's non-canonical. And the early church never did accept it. Uh, they threw it out when they matched it up and tested it to the uh, original manuscripts. Uh, they were too contrary to that. Let me give you one example before we try to get Rick in here and we'll get your prayer real quick. The, uh, Second Maccabeans uh, teaches the, um, the, the word purgatory. A lot of people say, where do you get the word purgatory from? Well, the word purgatory came from Second Maccabeans. It's not in the Bible. And the Roman Catholic Church, they have 13 other books other than the Bible, in addition to the 66 books. And one of those books is uh, First and Second Maccabeans. So they use that, and they actually teach purgatory, and uh, and that's uh, non-scriptorial, and there's no such thing as one being purged after they die. You either go to be with the Lord, or you go into Hades, and then you wait there to be sentenced to the lake of fire. So anyway, that's my uh, spill on it. 
hopefully it's helped somewhat and do a little more research on that. And I think it'll be more revealing on the situation. But Lisa tried to give that to you from a, a, a nutshell, uh, Reader's Digest con condensation perspective. Okay, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. And uh, let's uh, have a quick prayer request for you, and then we'll try to get Rick in before we close tonight. You have any prayer requests? Just pray for, pray, just, just pray for me and my family, and I just have some, some neighbors that's really difficult who makes a lot of noise, and I've warned the manager several times. The manager has warned them several times, and people downstairs call the cops on them, and they're still very noisy, so it's really hard for me to sleep. So you just pray for that and my family and Rosalinda and all the celebrities. Okay, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, so Lord, we thank you for Brother CC and his desire to study and to grow in your word. We pray that you give him supernatural wisdom, creativity, imagination, and favor, that you meet every need that's represented in his life. Pray for his family, especially his mother, Rosalinda. And we pray, Lord God, over the situation at his uh, apartment building, Lord God, with these noisy neighbors, that Lord God, you can bring peace to this whole situation and we pray your peace over it. And also we pray that you would use CC to uh, be a witness to these people as well, Lord God, that he would have opportunity to build relationships and speak the truth of God to them in love. And uh, we just thank you for all that you're doing in this life. We lift up the celebrities that uh, he often prays for, you know, especially in the entertainment world where there's so much corruption and so much evil and so many people there need Jesus. And Lord God, you're able to even invade those areas. You're able to even come into those situations and touch lives and hearts there because uh, just like us, they need Jesus. And so we pray for them that you would uh, bring people into their lives to uh, witness to them and to share uh, Jesus with them. And we thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, CC. We appreciate your uh, call and your good question as well. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you, guys. Bye. All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. Brother Rick, and then actually we have a, a Monica from Tiburon. So we got another caller to squeeze in. All right. So, Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Oh, we are truly uh, blessed. Truly blessed. Let's get right to your question. What's let's, on let's, your get to, let's get to it. Why did God create the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and what was its purpose? Wow, that's a very good question, Brother Rick. Appreciate that question. Well, a lot of people have asked that question. Why did, uh, what was the purpose of the tree of knowledge of good and evil being created by God in the Garden of Eden? Well, there were several reasons why. Uh, number one, uh, to test uh, their faith uh, to him. Uh, number two was to test their uh, loyalty uh, to him. Um, and number three, to test their faithfulness into him. And then lastly, uh, to uh, test their trustworthiness to him. So God uh, always has been in the business of uh, testing uh, our faith, and just like he did with the early church on the Sea of Galilee, the, the, the disciples. Uh, and uh, the reason why he allows that uh, is to prepare us for heaven. Uh, an example, life is filled with uh, tests, driving tests, school examinations, and physical examinations, and uh, all this stuff. And uh, 
So God puts us to the test to test our faithfulness, to test our trustworthiness, and he's preparing us uh, through these tests to be rewarded uh, for heaven if we pass the test. If we fail the test, then we fail to go to heaven. So anyway, hopefully that helps, and we're going to try to squeeze in a last caller, but appreciate that good question, Brother Ray. All right, let's put a Monica. Monica, how you doing? Hi, Dr. Buckner. How are you? I'm truly blessed. How are you doing? And wonderful, wonderful. Um, I feel like the prodigal daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, well, what's what's on your heart? We only have about a minute or so. We want to, if you yeah, have prayer or anything on your heart, we want to uh, get to it right away. But thank you so much for calling. to the Johnson family. Um, we have a new grandson on board from Maya. Um, who's three weeks old, and we just uh, want prayer from you, and uh, we'll move forward from there. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to hear that, and it's so good to hear your voice, uh, Monica. We miss you a lot, and we need to have you to send uh, your address to us as well because we want to send you out a, uh invitation to our my birthday as well as uh, anniversary, 50 years. But it's good to hear your voice, yeah. and we're going to be calling you soon. So we're going to get to the prayer. Uh, Brother Gary, let's do that for Sister Monica. She's a wonderful lady in the Lord and the family, too. So you said you have a new granddaughter named Maya? Is that, cor- no, that correct? No, my, my daughter is Maya, and our new grandson is D'Angelo. He was born okay. April 19th. Hey. D'Angelo, okay. What a blessing. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for this new arrival. We thank you, Lord God, for that family, and we pray that this child, Lord God, would be a blessing to all those uh, in the family and to come, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to be with the family, that you'd meet every need that's there. We pray for little D'Angelo to be in continuous good health. We pray, Lord God, that you would use his life to touch many and be a blessing to others. We thank you for... um, Monica's call, and we just pray that you'll be with her as well. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations to your entire family around this birth of this wonderful miracle from God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Beckner. Thank you for the prayer. You got it. Tell your family we said hello. Will do. All righty. I can hear the music creeping up into the background here. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94. 920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. <laughs>